Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by you and Patterson. Hello. And Josh Brown. Oh, he's done it. We promised he wouldn't do he's it. From, Hello, he's, Scott. He knows the Goose Game's a thing. He can pull off the honks. He's bringing them in. All day. Would All like, day. Would, I, I know. Too. Would you like to offer a honk yourself, or are you going to... Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Oh, you think that we'd all been like drinking something, but it's just just the afternoon. It's the afternoon in a post Goose Game world. We're not even talking about Goose Game. We're going to talk about Batman. It's got nothing to do with. I Goose mean, Game. it's so much related to a goose in that he's also based on an animal. There True. You go. Yeah. Good. That's a good worthwhile connection. Um, yeah. So if you um, this is one. This will be the video going out on the main What Culture Gaming channel. So everyone who's listening to this should go over and subscribe to the What Culture Gaming podcast channel, which is where everything else is. That's where the majority of the episodes go. Um, but we do one a week that appears on the main channel to promote things and ting. Um, but we thought we'd do a long-form breakdown of just sort of general thoughts on the Arkham series, the future of it, wish list stuff, rumors and everything else, because uh, although it hasn't been officially confirmed yet, mm-hmm. it seems like Warner Brothers Montreal are finally doing the next proper Arkham game, um, and it's just an excuse to talk about all things Arkham, because Ewan does it most of the time anyway. <laughs> Yay! He's loving it! Um, so I was going to just kind of just open it up like nice big open question as to where are you guys on the franchise right now? I know that you're, like, you've been loving it week by week, keeping on top of all the different rumors and everything. Yes. Um, uh, are you ready for a new one? I am because I've been holding the banner of Warner Brothers Montreal for years before it was even cool. <laughs> right now, Arkham Origins is getting a little bit of a reappraisal, mm. and I just want to go and just fully commit to the whole uh, hipster syndrome right now and just say, I loved that game when it came out. And is everyone it? was like, it's not Rock City. Why should I care about that game? I don't care about that game. It's crap. It's not Rock City. And I was like, but the story was incredible. But by, uh, like, um Origins wasn't by Paul Dini. What? It was by uh, Corey May... Uh, Duma Wenshu and Ryan Galetta. I remember that because I wrote an article about it and they corrected me when That's I missed that one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that, that story, that Arkham Origins, I think narratively is the strongest Arkham title. I think it's boss battles, the most compelling boss battles in the series. And it definitely mm. was a case for me at the time where I thought, you know, even though I loved Asylum City, I did think that narratively they were lacking in certain mm. areas and especially so when Arkham Knight came out and kind of crystallized all my problems with Rocksteady's mm-hmm. Batman. Mm-hmm. So I'm always game for, I've always been anticipating Montreal to come back and that's why it's been so not upsetting, but, you know, certainly disheartening to hear all the kind of the, the strife they've ostensibly gone through over the mm-hmm. past few years. You know, a cancelled Suicide Squad game that's when to come out after Arkham Origins. You had a cancelled Damian Wayne Batman game, which sounds really cool as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it seems as though the next one is going to be a sequel to Arkham Origins. It's like so overdue. It's just, it's been seven years since Arkham Origins came out. And 
I'm kind of just relieved at this mm. point. And, you know, it, it's not, again, not fully confirmed, but at the, at the same time, I think it's, you know, we can probably... We're almost there. We're so yes. close. It's after an this open stuff. secret, isn't it, by yeah. this point? It's got to be. It has to be. If it's not, I will eat my I'm, hat live on this camera. I'm waiting. And he's not even wearing one. I'm oh, waiting wow. until it's uh, officially confirmed. But, Josh, do you tend to... Are you missing the franchise? Are you ready for it to come back? I am missing the franchise, you know, because I never sort of fell out of love with it in a way a lot of people did with Arkham Knight. I, I really Knight, enjoyed yeah. it. The first time I played through Arkham Knight, actually, I was quite disappointed. But playing through it again for a second time, I had a renewed appreciation for it, hmm. so I've never really sort of wavered on it. Until recently, over the past year or so, right. maybe because it's been so long since an Arkham game, my love for it has kind of soured a little bit as I look back and reappraise it. I went through Arkham Asylum again, for instance, and it's still a great stellar game, one of my favorites ever, but there were a few holes in it that I didn't realize at the time. I went through a bit of City, and there was mm. a few holes in that that I sort of, you know, with fresh eyes, with, you know, my nostalgia goggles completely off, because, right. you know, the remaster isn't all that good anyway. Mm. I sort of saw it in a bit of a different light, but I'm still excited to see what the future holds, because like you said, it's been, what, seven years since Origins. We've had been four ten years, years. since Arkham Asylum. Ten years since Arkham Asylum. Oh. Don't tell me this. I'm Ten whole years, Josh Brown. I like to think I'm a young man, but that makes yeah. me feel really old. What do you think it makes me feel? <laughs> but I'm excited to see what they do next. I hope it is sort of uh, Court of Owls, because I think WB Montreal got a bit of a, a, bit of a bad job with Origins, because yeah. or, obviously, you know, WB came to them and were like, look, Rocksteady are the main guys. They've got this game they need to put out, but they, it's taking time, boys. So you need to come in, <laughs> make Origins, and it's just so we have a Batman game. And they, I feel like they did the best with what they had, but to see them, you know, hopefully take their own sort of take on the franchise, I guess, with a more or less a fresh slate. I'm sure mm -hmm. it will tie into the wider universe, especially Origins, but I feel like, you know, they've kind of got essentially carte blanche to... Mm -hmm put their stamp on this universe in a proper distinct way. It is about time. I mean, it's, it's kind of strange because there are there are a lot of, like, second-generation studios carrying forward legacy titles, like 343 and The Coalition are doing it for Halo and Gears, and it'll be kind of interesting if Warner Bros. Montreal end up carrying forward the torch from Rocksteady after the end of something like Arkham Knight, where they weren't even... In, Arkham Origins wasn't even included in the series wrap-up as the credits rolled. It's like, yeah, which is like wasn't a weird even thing. included in the remasters either. I know! Oh. It's just like, Origins, I think you can play on Xbox One backwards compatible, but mm. otherwise it's not, like, very easy to get a hold of. Um, I was going to mention, though, like... Um, where did you guys come down? Like you said, you've gone back to the old games and stuff. But where did you tend to come down if you think of the different games on um, the design ethoses or like? Because for me, I always preferred Asylum overall because I think it's more focused. Um, I think I always thought that it kind of lost something in the way that they went to City and then Night. Because mm -hmm. for me, especially in City, it's just you take what made Asylum great and you just pepper it across an open world with not that much to do in between. Well, the thing is, I really enjoy the linearity of Arkham Asylum. It's basically at its core Die Hard with Batman. Yes, that's, that's, yes, like, that's very enjoyable as a great experience i love the idea of the idea of putting batman in the the home of all his worst enemies and they're all trying to kill him at once it's a fantastic concept that we've seen executed in the comics time and time again mm -hmm. arkham city i thought it was definitely just the same it was die hard to die harder yeah. you know what i mean like i'm just going to put it sort of it's being a skyscraper we'll do an airport this mm -hmm. time whatever and um even though I definitely miss the linearity of it, I definitely appreciate Arkham City because it was still bold in the sense that it was telling its own, you know, this was still a very unique take on Batman. And mm. I thought the aesthetic behind City, the design, Rocksteady should really be praised, the visuals they incorporated into that game. Mm -hmm. And the idea of, you know, taking elements from the comics like No Man's Land and putting them into their own thing is interesting as well. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas Arkham Knight and, you know, to a degree Arkham Origins as well, I feel um, they were, they wanted to do, they wanted to have the cake and eat in the sense they had yeah. the, the open world. World. They didn't want to commit to the open world, so they had Gotham be evacuated twice over. And I believe that open worlds exist based on how believable they are. And if you're 
you know, finding different contrived mm. excuses to say that there are no people in the city it's at this moment in time. It's very frustrating. <laughs> hey, I don't know what you came down on it, Judge, in terms of choosing one or the um, other. I'm a bit conflicted on this, again, because mm. I agree with what you're saying, that the tightness of Asylum with its sort of Metroidvania-style level design is really awesome, and yet I think I would have gotten a bit annoyed if they just did that for every single game. I really mm. appreciate that each game does try something new. City expands the scope, and I feel like it gets the balance more or less right. It's big enough so that you do feel like you're, you know, encouraged to to explore and mm -hmm. yet it is i do think it's peppered with enough to find there's easter eggs there's references but then there's proper quests as well that are really interesting like mm -hmm. to just stumble across really naturally and i, I think just oh. quickly for that like because i love stuff like even coming across hush um but i never found that like they were that easy to sort of like you, you had to stumble ac across them like at some point mm -hmm. i'd finish the game and i just want to see the rest of it and then it was like well you can explore until you might stumble across something um whereas i thought if they'd served it up more like purposefully then yeah. maybe it would have come together i don't know because I, I can't remember it too much but I remember I've, I've played through that game a few times and every single time I feel like, you know, a, a new set of side quests would pop up after mm -hmm. every couple of story missions. It felt natural to mm -hmm. me. I don't know if I would have preferred it like we got to with Night when you just get a sort of a checklist of stuff. Right. And yeah, it is more substantial in sort of City when you are just repeating really the same tasks like you were at Night. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I feel like, I like that um, City isn't just sort of an open world checklist. Mm -hmm. There's stuff to do, but the main sort of thrust of the game is the sort of single player story. Mm -hmm. It is like a more atmospheric, bigger version of Asylum. It's just like, for me personally, I always thought it, it kind of missed something. I wouldn't mind going back to it actually, like considering that it's been a whole bunch of years since then. Um, what do you guys think of the Arkham branding? Do you think that at some point if we're going to continue getting Batman games, they should ditch the Arkham stuff? Or do you quite like them? Because for me, I think it's it's kind of, it's almost like a like a weird um, parody that they've managed to go, okay, well the Arkham Knight was like a guy that was from Arkham, so like, yeah. you know, like sometimes it feels a bit forced. <clears throat> yeah, I, I definitely see your point there, but also, you know, it is a strong brand, you know, Batman mm. Arkham, it's kind of insane to me that Warner Brothers have let it slide so much the past four years you know they they really hammered it after city came mm. out obviously with origins then night came out and they just kind of let it slide for a little bit which is weird because they have the potential here to you know the the the, the universe is called the arkham verse for a reason and True. you know I, I think they could potentially you know drop that from their branding if they wanted to but i definitely think there is an interesting thing about this version of batman having a lot of it tied to the, to the mythology of arkham mm. asylum and you know how far away we get from that is interesting i do like the idea that all roads lead back to Arkham in a weird right. way for mm. Batman specifically mm. and um yeah, the, the titling has never really been as big of an issue as like mm. um, it has been for other people. I would say, yeah, for me, it, I never cared yeah. like personally. It was like, oh man, I just, more just thought it was like humorous because I was like, how are they going to make Arkham Knight work? Okay, well, it's like a dude from Arkham mm -hmm. or whatever. And I'm just like, on a long enough timeline, they'll have to ditch it eventually. Otherwise, <laughs> you just try and think of different things you can tag onto the word Arkham. Um, but yeah, so in general, we've kind of just compiled a whole bunch of different rumors and wish list things, things that we want to see, um, things that have been in rumors for the last sort of like four years at I this don't point. Know, for, since Three I was years? born, I think. Because <laughs> 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 Yeah, we uh, initially reported on this when there was a big old leak from someone who was an ex uh, Warner Brothers uh, coder or something and was uh, just did this whole list of details online. Um, and so I think that was back in about 2016, 2017. Um, and there's been like a host of different things over uh, over the years, like since then. Um, but we can just use them to just create some talking points. So the main through line rumor that kept coming back up was that the new game is going to be based on the Court of Owls story, um, which like you and you'll know better than me. Yes, uh, that was introduced in the New 52 by writer Scott Snyder and artist Greg Capolo. And that was really, you know, Snyder had just done the Black Mirror for DC at that point, mm. which I highly suggest you all check out. I think it's actually his best work. That's been um, yeah. in my cupboard for three years now. <laughs> yeah. Not ready It's yet. like Fincher meets Batman. You'd love it. It's fantastic. Oh, cool. And, um, you know, the, the, the Court of Owls kind of really leaned into Snyder and Capolo's strengths in horror. Mm. You know, their Batman is very 
uh, not gruesome, I want to say, but it's very atmospheric and very creepy at times. Mm-hmm. and very scary. And, you know, the Court of Owls um, stuff really kind of exemplified all of that. And it's basically the whole through line of that is that there is this secret cult in Gotham City that's been operating for centuries mm-hmm. at this point, which is a big theme of Snyder stuff. He loves going back to the history of so Gotham. here all along. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Court of Owls are actually a conspiracy of people, like of Gotham's high society, their oldest families who... Um, employ talons who are assassins to basically influence the course of history in mm-hmm. Gotham. And then as they've kind of been around in DC, they've, you know, they've gone global, they've done other sorts and stuff as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a back and forth with the talons and it's all tied to different parts of the Bat family. And, you know, it's been one of the more compelling additions to mm-hmm. Batman's lore, I feel, over the past decade. And certainly something, even though I personally am not a big fan of the New 52, I always look at Snyder and Capello's run and, and yeah. with a degree of like, well, actually, I think that's <clears> a very, very clever, interesting thing you've mm-hmm. added to that world. Mm-hmm. I love, the yeah, I've read Court of Owls. I loved um, the bit where there's one bit when he fights one of the talons in mm-hmm. Wayne Tower and he gets completely just destroyed by the guy. And I think they, like you said, the horror sensibility kind of comes through. Like you do genuinely feel like he is overpowered. Um, and one of the things that uh, was part of one of these rumors was that uh, it would have a selection of these talon fights that they would have sort of like I don't know expand the combat and make it so that you had to you know try different mechanics or different patterns to mm-hmm. beat them. Um, what do you guys think of the combat in general? Because it's like it's a lot of games are known for cribbing you know the Batman combat. Yeah. Um, and so many games have taken it since then. I feel I feel like it would, be, it would be better sort of going back to it now. I feel mm. what, when Arkham Knight came out after you've had, what, four games of that combat, it kind of fatigued you a little mm-hmm. bit, especially because everyone else was doing it at the same time. But it's sort of easy to overlook how well and how tight those mechanics actually were. Yeah. You go back and they're buttery smooth and they all make sense and they're intuitive <laughs> and it looks great. Mm-hmm. But I feel after so many games of it, it needed something else because although it kept getting bigger, they were just sort of adding more things on. They were adding enemies where you have to use more gadgets, you have more options at your disposal and to me by the time night came around even though it wasn't you know worse than any any of the other games Mm -hmm. i was using less tactics because i had more if that makes sense there was i because i was encouraged to you know explore and experiment i didn't because i had already had my strategies down so i just Mm -hmm. focused on the same things over and over again Mm -hmm. i think a tighter more you know focused selection of gadgets and moves would be better in the long run mm. by just a whole heap. It's the same thing with Metal Gear Solid 5, to be honest, because okay. I had so many weapons, so many items. I never disposal. used that walker from that game. I <laughs> never used them. I yeah. just used what I knew. And even mm-hmm. though the um, enemies in that game sort of evolved to match your play style, I still found ways around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a term in like fighting games called like dialer combo, which is usually associated with like Tekken, where it's like you can punch in a bunch of um, you know buttons ahead of time and then just watch the animation play out. And I think that obviously with Arkham Asylum, it did start with like a rhythm sensibility anyway um, and for me like I started playing it in that way it's mm-hmm. like I'm going to counter then I'm going to do a heavy attack and then I'm going to do a grapple or whatever and once it was like okay this guy's got a shield this guy's got a stun baton you just knew what each one was yeah that's yeah. the best thing about that is that I actually really enjoy the Arkham games and the hard difficulty with the little prompts off because it's, ah. it's, I feel as though it's more of a challenge that way because when it's with it, when everything's there it's basically like you're you're playing a, a, a memory game where you're yep. just looking okay that prompt means this that but when you're looking for it without the different symbols and stuff it feels genuine gratifying Mm -hmm. and again the thing that I'm most excited about with Montreal coming on board again is that um obviously uh, Roxley took some cues from them for the night with the different um, characters but I thought that the martial artists thugs in Arkham Origins yeah. were really they were, they were an interesting thing because you had to think on your toes you know some would counter in different ways mm-hmm. I really liked that and again I think the boss battles in, in Origins the best in the entire series mm-hmm. you know they found ways to do it that weren't gimmicky they all every single boss battle in that game even with you know you had these certain attacks you had to repeat to beat them mm-hmm. they all felt believable in the context of the world it was especially the stuff with Bane mm-hmm. I love the stuff they do with that and um 
Yeah, and my main concern, I guess, at this point is that I'm not really too burnt out on the free flow aspect, but right. certainly the stealth. And yeah. that comes yes. from me being a bit of a, a stealth nerd. I love Splinter Cell. I love, you know, Metal Gear. I love those old games. And I've always felt that the Arkham series, even though its goal is to empower the player as Batman and, you know, for you to be able to strike terror into the hearts of criminals and, you know, defeat them that way i do think they need some more challenge as well and mm-hmm. i never felt that the the whole idea of you know being able to use fear as mechanic was ever explored in a no, worthwhile no, way at really. all like, you could go into detective mode and see the heartbeat was skipping but it was you just dropped ne- down in front of yeah, them yeah and, and that's yeah. the cool thing because pat redding who previously did uh, work for ubisoft on stuff like blacklist he's actually been the main creative director on this arkham title so mm-hmm. i'm very excited to see what he's going to bring to the table and yeah, hopefully think, that means more compelling stealth gameplay yeah and plus like, yeah that's a pretty good point about the fear thing I remember that I remember Asylum being sold off that and I remember even in the demo like you know like freaking someone out like flinging uh-huh. batarangs everywhere watching their heart rate go up and then yeah you drop down in front of them and they go oh the Batman and then you like take them out or whatever and then it, that's it that's all you can do in terms of exploiting fear kind of thing unless you do other like environmental attacks and stuff um, but I guess would you change anything in terms of the core combat or is you I have a lot to add to this because you've all raised <laughs> some really good points here for me yes. I, I, I agree with that the stealth needs massively changing but the combat itself um, the free flow works so well but I just want more verticality to it. Mm. Batman isn't Spider-Man, obviously, but there's a real sense of freedom in the latest Insomniac Spider-Man game where you are battling dudes on the ground, you're webbing up to another level, mm. you're taking those guys out, you're knocking them to the air, you're juggling them. That Batman's free flow just hasn't really had, which is weird because the stealth itself is so vertical. And if it, all the way through those games, both the stealth and the combat felt like two very distinct parts mm-hmm. that didn't often intersect. You had your stealth section that went into a combat section, yet they weren't sort of meshed with. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to just be Spider-Man, but I'd like to sort of see some verticality to the fights whether they're on different floors or you have to move around mm-hmm. just a more agile Batman mm-hmm. I think would be uh, would work wonders to freshen up the combat mm-hmm. but the stealth itself in my opinion either needs to go mm-hmm. and this might sound ridiculous and I, I by the end of those games <laughs> it was just doing my head in because oh, really? it, I felt like the core go idea, to Gargoyle like go to Gargoyle sneak around do the same moves you weren't really encouraged to use your items in mm-hmm. the same way that you were in Asylum and I just I want the fear aspect like you guys said to just play more of a part mess about with it mm. make it so you scare a guy so much he accidentally knocks off like a, a smoke canister and then you can abuse that wouldn't right, it be right, great you if know? you could like take a guy down and like proper rough him up and then you just as they're walking around it's like hey where's Joey where'd Joey go and yeah. then you just drop him from a gargoyle and he's like <laughs> covered in bruises and stuff and then they're like Whoa! <gasps> like that I would love that <laughs> so, a, a tactic I used all the time throughout the Arkham series was mm. uh, grabbing someone with a vertical takedown stringing mm. him up and then knocking him down that yes. batarang that, yeah. I used that all the time the fact that they never really capped yeah, that idea yep. was always so frustrating because the visual is so iconic anyway, and mm-hmm. it's like yeah, like that was that's kind of the thing I was getting at before about the Arkham branding potentially being limited. Uh, although it's it's down to the way that they take it in terms of the art direction, but the gargoyles ended up everywhere. Like yeah. they were suddenly yeah. all over Gotham, they were just everywhere. Well, the thing once. is, I, I was just about to mention a point there and kind of talk about Splinter Cell and how mm-hmm. I would love it <clears throat> if Batman took advantage of the environment in more organic ways. And I feel as though Rocksteady was. I, I, this isn't to you know to crap on them too heavily, but I did feel as though going back to Arkham Asylum now, I felt the level design was very very limited mm. and you know you you have your gargoyles you have your different aspect i've got a very raspy voice today <laughs> you're turning into batman <laughs> too many honks too many honks too many honks <laughs> and uh you could never you could never hide in organic ways. You'd look at mm. these air vents, you'd go into these different things, and they'd always just be the right amount of size for Batman. You never had to change his shape too much. What happened to the idea of, you know, 
uh, my mind goes back to Chaos Theory where you could like pole vote with your legs and like suspend yourself that way. Yeah. Why can't Batman crawl along pipes that way? Why can't he um, utilize the environment in more interesting ways? Why why can't he do that? And I feel mm -hmm. as though this new game um, really needs to lend that idea. You know, you need to make it so that these levels don't feel like computer games. Yeah. Weirdly, there's a weird thing because like stealth as a genre isn't like isn't that bankable. It's strange because with something like Goose Game, I, I literally googled like <laughs> stealth games 2019, and there is Goose Game and Plague Tale and that's it. So like by definition, Goose Game is the best stealth game of 2019. And it's like, it's weird because the last major stealth game in terms of having a really big budget behind it was Metal Gear 5. Mm. Uh, I guess you could say one of the Hitmans, yeah. but uh, Metal Gear was obviously bigger than that. Um, and it's like, that's the thing. I guess if you're if you're them and you're sort of trying to you know do the pitch meeting as to what sort of games there's going to be, the split between action and stealth, they nearly always edged, uh, edged more towards the action stuff. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. 
And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, but you were mentioning like Chaos Theory, like the split jump and stuff like that. The Tenchu series was always like, you know, making your own cover or like grappling, like using a grapple hook to go straight up to a ceiling and then just like attaching to the ceiling and waiting for someone coming mm -hmm. below you. Like they're mechanics that are like baked into stealth games as a genre. And I, it's weird because I wouldn't necessarily say the Arkham series is a stealth series. It's just that it's the kind of always been. A yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you, I, I know I appreciate what you say about like, you know, making it more action oriented. I think Batman is definitely that. But I also feel as though if you get rid of the stealth completely, you are taking something away from oh, the totally. character. I, I really yeah. want stealth. So yeah. I would like, I think maybe the answer, if they're not, if they're not keen to completely mess the gameplay altogether, maybe they introduce something like interrogations. I know they were very gimmicky in Splinter Cell Conviction, but maybe mm -hmm. have it so that you can do a whole Batman Begins thing where you've got a guy by a rope and you're dropping him up and down, up and down, <laughs> like that. I would love that as well because when mm -hmm. we interrogated people in Arkham Asylum and City at night, you would just hold them over a thing and just go, talk to me if you want to eat again or yeah. whatever like that. And, you know, that's that's not compelling. I think they basically just need to make the player feel more involved mm -hmm. in the stealth. And one of the ways I think you could do that maybe is maybe taking the Red Dead approach and mm -hmm. actually making it so that before you head out into the city, you don't just have, you know, the, the, the Batman utility belt always gets them out of everything but maybe have it so you have to choose what gadgets you're taking with you yeah. like on a certain occasion like um i think that would help people make them feel more like batman themselves mm -hmm. rather than having you know it's one of the gadgets roxanne introduces with the later games just felt so stupid like the whole electric charge thingy i was mm -hmm. like what is that why would batman have that what is, what is he doing with that you know what i mean just make it so that like Players can customize their bat suit or their utility belt and just make it so that they, they can tell their experience to them. Mm -hmm. so, to their, so their own play style, I think, would be very good. And again, that way you can have it so that you don't just have pre-designated stealth sections and pre-designated combat sections, but really you can approach different situations however you'd like to, mm -hmm. maybe. Let's, we can jump to that thing as an um, overall like wish list point, because if it's true about um, what some of the other rumors have been, then this is the biggest math they've done so far. Um, and it, they would have like vehicle sections. And apparently at one point, the bat cycle was being rumored alongside the Damian Wayne game or whatever. So like if you go down the route of the bat, Cave stuff. We were talking about this before we came in, um, but that idea of like you know you have the the back cave in Wayne Manor, and you you know maybe pick like a whole bunch of different missions from the back cave itself. You suit up, you pick your gadgets, you go out. Like I think something like Red Dead Two proved that you can have a specific loadout. Um, and for me, like one of the only other games that ever did that was like True Crime Streets of New York, <laughs> where you were picking the specific weapons before you then tackled a crime. Um, but I like that in terms of making the open world stuff make sense. For me, that would that would answer the uh, or fill the gap that was left behind in City because I just yeah. felt like I was going A to B. Yeah, man, give me a. A mother base from Metal Gear Solid Five, mm. or a camp from Red Dead Redemption Two, somewhere where I can go back to after I've been out on the streets. You know, let me repair my suit. Let me Talk get a shower Alfred or something. Alfred Sasson, you think? Yeah, hey, sir. I prepared you a plate of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, Alfred. Let me sleep. You just swipe the teacup out of the way. No, yeah. Alfred, I'm going upstairs. <laughs> I do think it would give I don't know you more personalization if you got to go back to the cave. You got to select your next missions or whatever. Mm -hmm. You got to select your loadout. I think that would be like you said, you and I think it just although it sounds kind of daft I think limiting your arsenal gives the player more freedom in a way because mm. they encouraged to experiment they're encouraged to really make the most of those few gadgets that they actually have mm -hmm. and if you decide what you want to take and which play style you want to kind of adopt that just ultimately makes your Batman feel a bit more personal gives yeah. you makes it a bit more satisfying plus when you like get to the there's stuff. that whole side to the like Batman fiction which I thought the Telltale game did really well in terms of being Bruce Wayne like mm. um, you and you mentioned that like the Cold Cold Heart DLC had you be Bruce yeah you were at a social event and you had to go down and escape to the back cave. I think the, the, there are two things there. The duality of Bruce Wayne and Batman, I feel as though the games have 
like they just have completely not understood at all. I feel as though Knight definitely is beholden to the cliche that Bruce Wayne's the real mask and Batman <laughs> is who he's deep down, and mm -hmm. I, I can't abide that. Right. So I really want this game to kind of you know reiterate the duality of the character as well. And um, yeah, you, it, I, I kind of I've completely forgotten what you just said. That I had a comment <laughs> that I had that I was going to talk Cold, about. Cold Heart, Buckley, Wayne Manor, completely forgot. What Missions I was going to say. Uh, Maybe at some point. It's completely gone. It's That's dead. cool. It's gone. Wait, we can talk about timeline stuff because um, it's almost 99% going to be a prequel. So mm -hmm. that makes the most sense. Um, but I was just, just for the sake of wishlist, rumor, whatever type stuff, let's just, like, what if they did do a sequel? What if they carried on where Arkham Knight leaves off? Because that game does end. The true ending for that game has that really weird ending with all the scarecrow toxin type stuff. Don't and remind me. I know. And it's like <laughs> someone is active in that sort of space. Someone's trying to be some sort of Batman, but we don't really know who it is. Um, I guess it makes the most sense to do a prequel, but what do you guys think in terms of where the timeline is? Should they just leave uh, where Arkham Knight finishes, let Rocksteady have the end of it, and they just plug things in beforehand? Uh, for me, I just sort of want them to have as much freedom as possible, right. to be fair. I think if you make a prequel, you don't have to be too beholden to what came afterwards, and I feel like if they did do a sequel, mm. I'd just have some kind of clean break from Knight. I'd jump, I don't know, a bit into the future, perhaps, and just mm. kind of, you know, that's the way you do it. I think yeah. I'll cut you off there, but I think if you're going to do something after Arkham Knight, it would definitely have to be the Batman Beyond Dark Knight Returns style thing where mm. Bruce Wayne's assessing how much of a stupid decision it was to lie to his friends and family <laughs> that he is dead just so he can selfishly continue to be Batman with, mm -hmm. oh God, I hate that ending so much. <laughs> so that's how you do it. You'd, you'd have to look at, you'd either do it immediately afterwards where you've got different members of the Bat family, you know, uh, analyzing the fallout of Knight's events or you'd go straight into the future and have, you know, Terry McGinnis tracking down uh, Bruce Wayne in his old little cave and then finding out what actually happened. You yeah. go from there. I think if you did it any other way, then I just, I, I personally but, wouldn't be invested. Plus, I mean, that lets you get Kevin Conroy back for one last time or mm -hmm. whatever you want to do. And then, like, it, it, they already have the, the geo mesh of Gotham as they've built it. So, or as it might have been handed off to mm -hmm. Warner Brothers Montreal from Rocksteady, um, you could then iterate on it aesthetically and give it the sort of like the Batman Beyond, like, futurescape stuff. Yeah, that's one of the most disappointing things about the cancelled Damian Wayne game, that idea of a future Gotham where you do have, like, the older Batman and you have, mm -hmm. um, obviously, Damian Wayne as uh, the younger Batman. Mm -hmm. And, like, that weird sort of relationship between your, your older mentor who's kind of been there, done that, made a load of old mistakes, and now is trying to <laughs> rectify them is great. And the idea of an even more sort of, not futuristic, but certainly dystopian Gotham that mm -hmm. might have gone to hell and maybe would have allowed, you know, the Court of Owls to manipulate yeah, everything and transform it would be would be interesting I, I don't mind it being a prequel that's obviously there's loads of scope to explore Batman's history in mm -hmm. that my only problem is when you make a prequel I feel like and this isn't to everyone but a lot of fans sort of just try to connect to the dots too much to the other games and then the focus kind of becomes on how it fits in rather yep. than what it is if that makes sense. That's definitely what happened with Origins. Like yeah. the, the, it, I feel so the developers were, on a, were under pressure to actually get I, I personally love delving into the timeline stuff but mm -hmm. like they, I think after a few months of people nagging when is it set, when is it set, they came up with a really absurd figure of like five to eight years before the events of Asylum which would leave Batman having to go through like three different Robins and like <laughs> all that like in that period of time you burn through in Robins like he's burning through mm -hmm. Calic converters or whatever but you know I I don't know. I feel as though um, this is a great way of introducing Robin mm. in this game because one of the rumors is that you know you'll have Dick Grayson's Robin in this. Yep. And obviously, if you played Arkham Origins multiplayer, which actually I think is pleasantly, it was it was actually pretty fun. To be fair, what it, it was, yeah. and uh, they actually Montreal did have a design for Dick Grayson's Robin in that game, which looked really cool. Mm -hmm. So if they were to introduce it this one, maybe we have a little time jump after the events of Origins and we see Dick Grayson coming in, and you know maybe more established Batman and Robin. I think mm. that would be really cool. What do you guys yeah. think? Because the, um, they had all that co-op stuff in Arkham Knight, but it was obviously still a single-player game. You 
were just juggling between the two, but they did um, experiment a bit with the co-op in the multiplayer of Origins. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think of like the idea of a multiplayer Arkham game, but still reined in a bit, so it's not necessarily yeah, a multiplayer? I, I feel uh, like match. it's just sort of, you know, leaving money on the table mm. in a way. I feel like you can do that so naturally and in an interesting way that furthers the story as well and the relationship between the characters. And I don't know why they haven't done it before. Even in mm. Night, I quite like the co-op in Night. But even that kind of felt underutilized considering the audience. Yeah, you do like three times. Yeah, it's not really yeah. big. They did a big song and dance about it. Like, dual yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, you know, select few missions, which is such a shame because all of those characters, they've obviously modeled them, they've given them their unique fighting styles, mm-hmm. and they're all so interesting and they all look so good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why you don't just double down on that in a game, especially now we've had a Arkham. Four Arkham games at this point starring only mostly Batman. Just mm-hmm. open the floor up, discover that relationship between Batman and Robin because he's gone through a lot of Robins by this point. Yeah. You want to see those relationships form and then break apart and then it not only allows for a great story but a great, you know, unique gameplay style. Yeah, I mean, Suicide Squad, when they were doing that, that was rumored, that was meant to be have a co-op focus as well. And obviously, oh, yeah. you know, the end of Origins ended with, you know, Amanda Waller recruiting Deathstroke to, to lead this team. So I wonder if that's an idea that they've kept on the back burner potentially Maybe. as a bonus feature i think maybe the problem this is me completely hypothesis like you know inferring from what's on. gone on but you know i do wonder if maybe the reason why they couldn't get suicide squad off the ground was mainly because you know Warner Brothers seeing how successful the previous Arkham games mm. were with just a single player effort you know they thought oh you can't you can't diverge too heavily from that and the same goes for Damien Wayne a Batman mm. game without Bruce Wayne what yeah. are you thinking mad and it's like yeah. you know, that, that comes from the publisher's own lack of understanding for the, the license itself mm-hmm. um, whereas I always feel that Montreal have always understood they always had compelling ideas each rumor has always sounded interesting mm-hmm. to me and if they could make a co-op game with Robin involved, I think that would be really cool. I mean, I love, um, just the, as a visual thing, I love the team-up moves that you got in Night, and mm-hmm. I think if you were going to do that in a co-op sense, you would just have it where, like, you know, some meter fills up or whatever, one of us is ready to do a co-op move, you just hit the button, and it's flags on the other person's screen, you hit the same button, you team up, and you keep going. Like, there's a way to maintain the flow, as opposed to, you know, assuming that one of them, one player might get in each other's way or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a way for that to just be an, a, an extension of the game's core combat. I mean, if, sorry. No, no, go I was going to say, I mean, if the upcoming Avengers game is going to try mm-hmm. to implement Perfect this, show, both, yeah. you know, single player and multiplayer have the cake and eat it too. I mm-hmm. think, you know, WB as a greedy publisher no doubt would want to capitalize on <laughs> They that must have read the, the tea leaves. Like, yeah. yeah, they must know that's going to happen. Um, let's talk about vehicles a little bit because um, the Bat Cycle was attached to the Damien Wayne game. Uh, the Bat Wing was attached to a rumor called Arkham Crisis for a while. Um, but that idea of sort of making the open world segments more enjoyable or more sort of dynamic, if part of, you know, picking a mission and picking your loadout was then picking which vehicle you get into as you wave goodbye to Alfred <laughs> or whatever. Um, what do you guys think of that? Like, yeah, the Lego Batman that. games did that, didn't they? I'm trying I think it was Lego Batman 2 God, did it, where yeah. you could choose whether you could go in the Batwing you can get in the, the Batwing and I think Lego Batman 3 is it 3 or 2 I think it's 2, two? I can't remember now it's one of the Lego <laughs> games that lets you do that yeah that's perfect yes. I would love it if you could just reenact the intro to the animated series and just like <laughs> you know do that whole thing and you know mm-hmm going further from Arkham Knight where you had multiple Batmobiles to choose from I think that's a really good shout if they give you um, pick whichever Batmobile you want then you could I mean they've already modeled the Tumblr and stuff from the Dark Knight you know you could bring all that stuff in have the weird little mini bat cycle from Dark Knight but yeah definitely the thing that I want is the vehicles without Mm. the the, (laughs) we go over it so many times but the tank in Arkham Knight I mean (laughs) the Batmobile giving the Batmobile to players should be and that thing drives really well it drives very well Um, but but the overall focus on making Making, you know, just this tank that it can like then go to tank mode and shoot and blow up things. Mm-hmm. That just isn't Batman to me. Yeah. And I think if you're looking at vehicles in this game, it can't be the focus can't be on combat, it has to be on um traversal. I was gonna say, like, and transport, and yeah. um yeah, because obviously Origins had the fast travel.
travel with the Batwing. But if they can make that work with mm. the, if I think if you're going to have the Batwing in this game, then the world must be huge to make well, it actually work. Some of the rumors seemed, yeah, seem to go with that. I mm. love the idea of like I env- envision a version of this game where you're picking a mission, but you know, you pick mission B, which means that mission A doesn't get attended to. Therefore, all these different things change, mm. and this different criminal becomes more powerful or whatever. And like in my imaginary version of this game, whichever vehicle you pick dictates how you can if you can get there faster or something yeah. like that, um, which means that you can't use it next time round or whatever. I would love stuff like that where you're having to you know, feel the stress of trying to look after all of Gotham because Arkham Knight had a bit of that, mm. um, even though it was all stuck in the one night trope kind of thing. At least in, in Arkham Knight, you felt like all of Gotham was under under your get wing rid. kind of thing. Get rid of the one night trope. Yeah, that, that's another, get rid. <laughs> another thing to sort of like refine is that all of these games have always been everything happens in one night, which was pushed to breaking point in Arkham Knight where there Ridiculous. was just way too much. It's when the DLC. I think I, mm. I kind of or, I was getting sick of it with Arkham Knight already, but it was when they um, they had the whole DLC that came out afterwards, the season of infamy, mm. and they couldn't be asked setting it either before or after the games. So they <laughs> just were just like, well oh yeah, so this just happened as well during the night <laughs> as well. Professor Pig, it's just, Pig, yeah. yeah, freeze. yeah. Um, well, let's end on just villains in general, um, because obviously the whole thing with Arkham Knight was that Joker's dead, he's definitely dead, Rocksteady going on and on about Joker definitely being dead, and then Mark Hamill arguably had more voice voice lines in that game than either than the two previous ones. Um, I guess it's just like, who do you guys want to see, and are you okay also getting more Joker, which assumedly would be Troy Baker again this time, because um, I don't think Mark Hamill would come back again. No, it'd be, it would be Baker again. Mm. I think the one, the one tease that I want paid off from Arkham Origins, and you know, the reason why we got the Court of Owls in this is because in the one of the hotels that you go to, there is an owl, there is an owl, there are owl statues outside, and there is something on the elevator as well. There's like a walled off floor oh, cool. uh, that people can get to, but that's yeah. obviously in the comics, they live in that kind of area. Um, I really want them to pay off on the Phantasm because I know that that might have just been an, a nice little reference mm. to Batman animated series, which again, you know, Arkham takes so many inspiration, so much inspiration from that series. Mm-hmm. But I would love it if you had Andrea Beaumont and you had the Phantasm in there, and then maybe, <laughs> you know, you, you, I don't know how they'd factor that into a story with the Court of Owls as well, but maybe you make something where Andrea Beaumont's family will maybe be part of the talents because they, they can go so well yeah, with their yeah, own yeah. universe yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Either that or they, they go traditional and just adapt Mask of the Phantasm, which I wouldn't be... Yeah, Mask of the Phantasm, with, uh, the animated movie, totally recommend that alongside mm-hmm. everything else as well. Um, yeah, because I mean, with Arkham Knight, like I said, Joker, I remember being so deflated that Joker was in it that much. And then I remember being annoyed that Two-Face just had like five bank heist missions that were nigh on played out the same way and that was yeah. it for him as well. Um, so for me, I would like to see them delve into like characters. Like, I've, I don't know Phantasm well, outside of the movie. You can have Harvey Dent in this one as well mm. before he becomes Two-Faced and mm. you know the, one of the things that I thought Arkham Knight had like you mentioned the repetitive nature of that story mm-hmm. of the Two-Faced side mission but the actual ending to that is really tragic and like Troy Baker mm. does a really good turn where he's just kind of like um, he goes into the whole tragedy of his turn as Two-Faced so there's so much True. unspoken history that Montreal can kind of delve into mm. here and I would be interested to see if you know that maybe they do bring in Harvey Dent here maybe the yeah. intro is you at the court you, 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 you're you watching the courtroom case in the back cave or something like that I don't know you can <laughs> definitely bring that in that way mm-hmm. That'd be a good time to, uh, to place it. Josh, what's your thoughts yeah, on I, villains? Well, this might sound like sacrilege, but I wanted to focus on fewer villains than before yeah. because I feel like it's always so cool to have this great Batman world that feels so Batman. You've got all the references. You've got mm. these bit uh, characters showing up. You've got big villains to fight. You've got villains teaming up. But in my experience with these games, I've always felt a bit sort of short-changed when it comes to like the right. big bads, except Joker, who we've had too much fun yeah. enough. When it comes to sort of Hugo Strange and Arkham City, I feel like that thread was so underutilized. I remember being so excited about that when that was coming out. He was just sending out. the marketing for that. He was there was the so much cut content from that game. Ah, just yeah. going from the story, like it looks as like they cut like four hours out yeah. of it. Yeah. Even you sort of Scarecrow it. from Arkham Knight, I feel like that was such an interesting sort of 
ID, and even though he's still a huge focus, he's, the focus is taken away because the joke is in yep. it so much. And I just want them to focus. I've said focus a lot in that sense. <laughs> I want them to double down on a handful of characters, but really explore them, really do them justice. Mm. Don't just have them there because they're Batman villains, and it's great to punch Two Face one more time. <laughs> I want them to serve the story and mm-hmm. really sort of you know make sense in this world. I don't want them to just show up because it's fun to see them, and I do love seeing them. I want references to them. I like seeing how Rocksteady, you know, bring these or WB Montreal bring these characters to life, but don't just throw them in for the sake of it. I guess one of the sort of like really like final points is just like how much do you think that um, obviously there's going to be production oversight. There's going to be uh, Warner Brothers saying we want this game, we want it to you know be beholden to certain goals or whatever. How much do you think they're beholden to a version of Batman that was, is the most mainstream Batman possible? Like we talked before about the split between action and style, the things that are going to sell. The version like you know you and you were saying that they kind of got the dichotomy of the character pretty wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that that'll just kind of be the case because at some point this is the next Batman game there's nothing else so like they're going to want something that's going to appeal to everybody which maybe just means lots of punching well yeah you know I think we can get away with the whole I did a video on what culture comics a while ago like uh, the the main problem with comics and that's Mm -hmm. always being the reset button characters are never allowed to develop past a certain point Mm -hmm. Um, I do think maybe the Arkham Batman is strangely underdeveloped given how mm. how long we've spent with them. True. And maybe you look at this game, even though it is taking, it'll, you know, you think of a Batman at the peak of his years, maybe, or just before his peak, that's mm-hmm. still quite a mainstream version of the character. I think even though that's the case, you can there's definitely scope to tell interesting stories there. Mm-hmm. Even though while I've personally found it frustrating, we'll probably never get a Batwoman game or a Batman Beyond game or anything that kind of really divests from the mainstream narrative of Bruce Wayne is Batman. Mm-hmm. I do think there is potential to, you know, focus on what Batman means both as Bruce Wayne and as the Dark Knight, which is something we've not really gotten recently. Yeah, yeah, it, so. it's weird. Like you said, it's weird how little we like. No, like it's weird how the Batman in those games is the nebulous sort of just like existing pop culture version of Batman, and then like he has a, a weird like like he has kind of like an attitudinal shift in Arkham City where he suddenly wants to prioritize Talia over saving uh, Gotham, <laughs> and there's like little things like that that they sort of just go with, and you, like yeah, it's quite hard to like pin him down. Like, uh, but they he serves the script more than he serves like an yeah. existing sort of like yeah. through line character. Um, but yeah, what do you? To, uh, yeah, I, when it comes to Batman, he saw he's sort of to me more an idea of Batman than an actual character. Yes. He's what we think of Batman. He's the symbol or whatever, mm-hmm. rather than an actual person with motivations and you know characteristics. Even though they do try to sort of lean on that, it points with the relationship with Nightwing and Robin and stuff. But I just want to see him more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I'd like some Bruce Wayne stuff. I'm always conflicted when it comes to this because obviously it's such an integral part of the character to have that duality. But I've never totally been convinced that. It's you could probably get it right. Mm. Insomniac did a really good job with Spider-Man, but even then, occasionally, it just takes sometimes focus away from, like, sort of, you know, the core features, and I don't want them to get too bloated where you could have it in there, and it's quite exciting, Mm -hmm. but you could have focused more on uh, expanding you know the Batman stuff all I want is to just get attacked as Bruce Wayne and just get a fire poker <laughs> you wanna get nuts come on let's get nuts that's all I want and also I chill on the Batcave computer with my cowl off brooding like this yes yeah. I do wanna do that too fair holding a tumbler of wine yeah yeah punching yeah, yeah, your yeah, one yeah. key <laughs> on the piano but yes let's know what think down in the comments below about your ideal Arkham game and what you think about the series so far for now this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast and I've been your host Scott Tilford joined by Ewan Patterson Hong. and Josh Brown bye I will catch you next time Bye. You didn't think I'd do it, but oh, I did. Oh, oh, oh. That's my honk.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.